This is the Lamplight Radio Play. This is the story as I've heard it. Grace was an art student. Obsessive, lonely, quiet. She spent every spare hour in the studios at Maslow Hall, often working through the night, filling massive canvases with demented images that only a few favorite professors got to see. One night, she was riding the elevator by the back stairway and got stuck. And as the hours stretched on, she lost her mind. She beat the doors until her hands were bloody, drew cryptic symbols on the walls. And when the custodian discovered her the next morning, she could talk only in grunts. She died soon after, and now her furious ghost haunts the building, but especially that elevator, seeking vengeance on the university that abandoned her that night. Students working late in Maslow Hall hear Grace's voice, humming a wordless tune, crying out for help, and see the cryptic symbols scrawled on the walls. The unluckiest of them gets stuck in that very same elevator, stopped between floors, cowering in the corner, and jabbing at the door open button as Grace scratches the walls around them eager to have her revenge. It's a famous story around campus. I can tell you that the entire journalism department knows it, and I've never stepped foot in the building. (laughs) Now, of course, there's some major problems with this story. For one thing, I'm not dead. Which really breaks this story wide open. (laughs) But you are named Grace, and you did get stuck in the elevator. I did. So my question is... Are you spending your spare time haunting the elevator in Maslow Hall? (laughs) I can say with confidence, no. And aside from that little detail about, you know, being dead, (laughs) how accurate is the legend about you? I don't think I was that strange for an art student, but I did like big canvases. But what about what happened in the elevator? That's pretty close. How'd you find me, AJ? That must have been tricky. It wasn't too hard. I found the original incident report from that night, so I just had to cold call a couple of alumni associations. Sorry if that weirded you out. No, it's resourceful. Thank you. Can I ask you some questions about it, on the record? Just for the student newspaper, not for anything else. I would rather you don't use my name. What if I just call you Grace? No last name. That should be all right. Do you want another coffee before we begin? No, thank you. I have to get back to campus before the snow gets too deep. Oh, you're on campus for the holiday. Uh, yeah. It's fine. That's what I was doing the night of the elevator. But it was Thanksgiving break. I'd just come out to my very Christian parents and wasn't welcome at home. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's fine now. I mean, it took a while, but my wife and I actually just visited for Christmas. But at the time... I was pretty lonely, but I had my painting, and I'd been looking forward to the break. The studio would be empty, so I could work as long as I wanted. The incident happened on Thanksgiving night, probably 1.30 or 2 a.m. I was leaving the building after painting for hours, as planned. Maslow Hall was spooky at night. 
even when you weren't alone. High ceilings, narrow hallways, support posts, throwing slanted shadows, lots of places for someone to hide. The ventilation fan in the spray paint room ran day and night, and when the building was quiet, it seemed to rattle the whole place. Well, the worst was as you walked down the halls, and you'd see someone out of the corner of your eye, silently lurking. But it's just a weird student sculpture or an angsty portrait on display in one of the gallery rooms. So it was always a long walk, and I remember feeling relieved when I got to the elevator that night. I was riding down, and the elevator stopped. Oh, come on. And then all of the lights just turned off. Oh, come on. I mean, the only light was from the button panel. It was like a dim yellow circle glowing around the L. I tried getting the emergency phone to work. Hello, are you having trouble with the elevator? Uh, uh, the elevator's frozen. Are you stuck? Yes, I'm stuck. Is anyone there? Hello? Can you can Anyone you hear there? me? I'm 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 stuck in the back no, elevator. No. Uh, hello? Uh, hello? Shit. Help! I'm stuck in the elevator. Anyone here? Help! Hello? I am in the elevator. My hands were bruised for Someone. weeks from pounding on that door. Someone! Help! And at some point I cut one of them, but I didn't see it happen. Oh, God. Eventually, I decided to rescue myself. I pressed my fingers into the crack between the doors and pulled open. It was easier than I thought. <laughs> Jesus. The doors opened to a cinder block wall with a gap that was just big enough that I could fall right to the bottom of the shaft. Anyone there? There was nowhere to go. And the doors wouldn't stay open. So I went back to my corner. I huddled next to that glowing button like it was a campfire and tried to make myself small. As my eyes started adjusting, I started to be able to see a little just from that glowing elevator button. I remember looking across the elevator and just barely being able to make out the far corner. I dozed, I think, but I would wake up at the slightest sound, wondering if it was someone entering the building. What was going through your mind? Well, I was thinking... I was thinking that I deserved it. Why? Because of your parents? No. Well, I mean... Actually, that was part of it, but there was... More to it than that. So, a year before... I had a boyfriend. The things he did... How do I put this? We'd both heard a lot of things about... Men and women and what a relationship was... It wasn't a good relationship. 
One night he invited me over, but I said no. I remember hanging up the phone and just, God, just wishing that he would disappear. That night, he got blackout drunk and choked to death on his own vomit. Oh, no. I kept thinking if he hadn't been alone, he wouldn't have died. But that wasn't your fault. I know. But back then, I thought a better girlfriend would have wanted to see him. So, his death and my parents cutting me off because I was gay, I I thought that what happened in the elevator was my punishment. Like, I sat there thinking, this is what I deserved. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I... I can imagine how horrible it must have been. That wasn't the bad part of the night. What do you mean? So, the bad part of the night is going to make me sound crazy. Okay. At first, it sounded like just another one of the building's quiet noises, you know, somewhere outside of the elevator. It was a scratching sound, like a... Then it was in the walls of the elevator. It started on one side, moved over the top to the other side, and then somehow it came inside. I smelled him first. Cheap beer and the brand of deodorant he used to wear with a wisp of vomit. I... I... I don't understand. One of the shadows in the corner sharpened and the shape of my ex-boyfriend was sitting in the corner across from me with his knees pulled up to his chest. Hey, Grace. Mike? And he was scratching at the eczema on his arms. I miss you. And then he started to slide himself across the elevator right toward me. Like we were hanging out on the floor of a dorm room and he wanted to sit next to me. Please, please, stay back, please. I love your lakes. I curled up into a ball and closed my eyes. I thought that I was seeing things and if I closed my eyes it would go away. This isn't real, this isn't real, this isn't real. This isn't real, this isn't real. And I heard him right next to me. This isn't real, this isn't real. And then I didn't hear anything, and and I was about to open my eyes until he put his hand on my ankle. (laughs) I felt clammy fingers slip under my sock and run a thumb over the bone there, making tight circles. Not real. Not real, not real. Not real, not real. And then he dragged his hand up to my knee. You do not get to touch me anymore! Its edges rippled slightly like it was on the verge of disappearing, and it tilted its head sideways and said, You're invited. Invited to what? (laughs) What happened next? I moved to the other corner, and it didn't pursue me after that. It just sat there a silhouette blocking that faint light from the elevator button, staring at me and scratching for hours. I was ready to die if it meant that I could be alone and if there was daylight on the other side. I thought about forcing myself through those doors and jumping through that gap, but I didn't want to risk getting close to him. But I also thought just... 
make it to morning, and when the sun came up, there would be more light, he'd disappear. Just had to make it to dawn. Well, when the sun came up, some light did peek through the gap in the door and uh, a seam in the ceiling. It wasn't much, but I could see better. Vomit stained the front of his shirt. His arms were covered in sores from his scratching. But he didn't leave. And he never took his eyes off of me. Hush up, I... I tried to distract myself. I hummed this this melody, an old lullaby from when I was a child. When you wake, you'll have sweet cake and all the pretty little horses. It wasn't until a grad student came in that afternoon that he finally disappeared. That afternoon? I was there for 13 hours. God... How did they get you out? The other student just pressed the button to call the elevator, and it woke back up. It was really disorienting, actually. The lights were so bright, I couldn't see at first. And when the doors opened on the ground floor, my ex-boyfriend was gone, and there was that grad student asking me if I was okay. So, what do you think happened? Was it a dream? A hallucination? Oh, it was real. Your ex-boyfriend was really there with you? Well, I don't know if it was him, but what I went through, that was real. So, when you hear stories about the elevator being haunted today, do you believe them? Here is the thing. When you are young and on your own for the first time, it's really easy for a lot of bad things to happen, right? So you put a couple hundred traumatized people together. All that pain's got to go somewhere. Wow. I do kind of like the idea of myself as a vengeful ghost, though. You know, like... (laughs) I do not think that is me, though. You're not angry about what happened? What, that the elevator broke? I meant at your ex. I don't know that I blame him, exactly. What do you mean? I think we were both just playing the role someone taught us. Your role was shittier. Yes. (laughs) I don't know. There's some things I'm not sure I'll ever stop being angry about. Wow. (laughs) How would you say this has impacted your life today? Yikes, that's a tough question. Uh, I'm sorry, the, um, the snow is really coming down. Oh, well, it really is. Um... Yeah, I should get back while I can still drive. But it's been really nice talking to you. Yeah, you too. I'll send the article to you when it comes out. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you, Grace, who requested we don't use her last name. (laughs) You are (laughs) welcome, AJ Reporter. in a minute. I'm in the middle of making dinner. So if you can wait just a couple of minutes. That... Honey? Are you, are you there? Hello? What is going on with this crap? 
two dials on radio, three finger grooves on the steering wheel. Hey, babe, come over. Grace, I'm not leaving. Honey, oh, I'll wait for you. Are you okay? You're you're singing that song. Oh, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Yes, everything is okay now. Are you sure? Yes, my love. I'm just heading home now. I'll see you there. I'd rather talk. Are you afraid I'm gonna have another flashback while I'm driving? Partly that, but mostly because I like talking with you. Oh, you are the worst. I am. So, how'd it go? Good. She was very... Well, it lasted a lot longer than I thought. That was The Elevator Girl, based on the story by Rebecca Turkowitz, found in Volume 8, Issue 3. Starring Danielle Brin as Grace, Mafalda Pinto Correa as AJ, Philomena Sherwood as Young Grace, Julie Saunders as Grace's wife, Miles Langerman as Mike. The radio play was written by Julie Saunders and Andrew Wardlaw, directed by Julie Saunders, produced by Andrew Wardlaw. Urban legends are important because they show us that even if the wilderness is replaced with concrete, steel, asphalt, monsters are still real. This story takes on the idea that there's a thread of truth in urban legends, but it twists it, making the legend safer than what has really happened. You can find more stories like this in the pages of Lamplight Magazine. You can get a subscription on our website and we'll send ebooks to your inbox or Kindle. Your subscription supports both the magazine and the podcast. I'm Jacob Haddon, editor of Lamplight Magazine. The Lamplight Radio Play is produced by Andrew Wardlaw and myself. You can follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or direct on our website, lamplightmagazine.com. See you next time. <laughs>